You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, what are you doing right now? I'm watching you and me, you and I, I and you, him and her, uh, in The Sims, because I've made me and I've made you, and <laughs> you didn't give me time to finish my house. So, I put a toilet and a shower outside, a baseball, and some other stuff to keep them occupied. Have I got tattoos? You have tattoos? Yeah, well, it's fantasy, isn't it? <laughs> Except I can't play. I just said, before the after the show discussion, part of it was, other than your computer problem, that when I play The Sims, I try to make other people, and I play as them, you know, whatever, a cousin or a fantasy person, and I just, it doesn't last. I can't stand it. I have to make a round, blonde me. I give myself tattoos in the game, because I like tattoos, but I'm too chicken shit. And I give you a couple of tattoos, but you're the same. You got your ponytail and your glasses on your Adidas pants. And then, and then I give, I build us a house that's like our house usually, with the stuff that's like, I don't know why, I'm just emulating life, my life. So this time, I'm going a little wacky. So, but it's still us. Nice. <laughs> and what, um... So you got a new video card this week. Yeah. Impromptu video card. That's why you're playing The Sims uh, with no hassles. Well, I would play it anyway. It was just... People don't care. You got an old video card. This one's not brand new. This one's pretty new. It's hand-me-down. Come back. Yeah, you always get everything that's in my computer. (laughs) It ends up in yours when I get the news. I can handle those kind of hand-me-downs. Look at us talking. Look at us. Aw. You're telling me. All right, now I hope this ain't going to distract you from this. <laughs> it might. So, but it... guess what, parental figure? I don't give a shit. If I look over there, I'm going to look over there. Just keep talking. Right. Anyone who hasn't listened to us before, uh, we're married to each other. So, there you go. All right. So this is uh, Saturday, March the fifteenth. After the show number three hundred and eighteen. After the show is our weekly podcast where we review a movie. And this week's movie we are going to review is American Hustle. Nominated for 10 Academy Awards. Winner of how many? Zero. Zero? I thought she won. I thought Jennifer Lawrence won. I don't remember, but I'm just saying. Uh, It would have said that on the box, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it says 10 Academy Award nominations for Best Picture. You're right. So if Jennifer Lawrence did win, sorry to Jennifer Lawrence (laughs) for forgetting that you won. (laughs) It all blurred together, that <laughs> amazing, magical Oscar night. All right, so this is American Hustle. It's a 2013 movie. It's actually out now. It's out on the 18th. No, it's not out now, is it? It's out this Tuesday coming up. You can pick it up this week. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Sony. And Sid Talk, you're going to give us a synopsis of American Hustle. Hmm. That's a tough one. It's, um, it's a story about some grifters basically con people and their little mm, love triangles sort of spurring off of each other and a big con to entrap some politicians and whatnot in a, a bid to get some of them off of getting in trouble and getting some other people moved up in their careers. I mean, it's kind of complex. It's very complicated plot. But ultimately, it's about people just who have... No other understanding of the world except that you scam everybody to get what you got to get to get by in life. And that's the... Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Right. Some people for their careers and people just internally, that's just the way life is and they can't see past it. And it is quite complex. And, uh... But you called it, I believe you gave it a new genre name, a verbal heist. Yes. <laughs> I said I like um, con movies because it's like a, um... It's heist. like a heist, but there's more talking, talking a lot of than talking. action. So, um, American Hustle, um... Didn't know a lot about it, to be honest. I saw some clips at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And they, didn't, they don't make sense when you've not seen the movie, really, do they? That you're just like, oh, there's Christian Bale. He looks weird. What, what the hell? I didn't really know what it was about. I actually thought, funnily enough, I don't know why, I thought it was like a disco dancing movie, like Saturday Night Fever. What? Because I saw 70s people and the word hustle, that must have been it. So it isn't that, but it does include some disco dancing. 
You're kind of basic there, because that's a little too obvious. Well, it actually does include some A little dancing, but Jesus. To Donna Summers, I feel love. It's not about doing the hustle. So, what did you think of it, American Hustle? I enjoyed it immensely. Okay, goodbye, everybody. That's the end of the show. You're going to talk about it. Yeah, so... Right? Yeah, and you... Yeah, all right. So, I personally... um. I'm not a great fan of this director, David Russell. David O. Russell. Um, Why not? I, you know, I've not seen a lot of his movies. Because I kind of don't want to see them most of the time. Because mm-hmm. I've seen him talk in interviews and he kind of bugs me a little bit. Why? I just think he's really pretentious. Why? Like, like I don't like watching Woody Allen films. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. I feel like he... But you haven't seen many of his films, so I don't know what you're No, and I've seen Three Kings, and I liked it. Yeah. But it definitely has some airs of... And obviously he did The Fighter. Here's what it has an air of. Wouldn't it be cool if we... X, Y, Z. Wouldn't it look cool? Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be edgy? Wouldn't this be, like, something you've never seen before? But in a way that makes it like we're trying too hard to be cool. But this one, I didn't get... I didn't get any of that. There's a few I mean, there is some of that. In this. A little bit. Um, you know, some slow motion. It stylizes shot, shot. Yeah, things a bit, yeah. Uh, but, aside from that, and um, what makes this a really excellent movie, and I understand why it was up for Best Picture, is the acting on every single front is really, really, like, top-notch. Absolutely. Like, some of the best acting you'll see on everything. And I agree, like, when they were talking about the extras, we watched the extras, there's not that much, but it was like a making of... Um, American Hustle, and they kept saying about, like, layered characters, and I was actually thinking that while I was watching it. Yep. I, I was thinking, no wonder Christian Bale, Christian Bale would have done this role, because that guy, that must, A, be really fun to be that guy, like, to actually, in, in, you know, inhabit him for a while, because it's, it's a, a really complicated character. He's got all kinds of shit going on, like, he's this, he's a con man. man. He's, like he said, he's a bit of a, a chameleon kind of guy, trying to disguise the... Well, is, he puts out the confidence, but then you know that deep down the confidence liked. isn't there because he does the swipe over. Yeah, he's like... Um, he's indulgent, obviously, because he's not like a well-fit kind of person. And everybody, it, it travels down the whole cast. Everybody in the cast has those kind of complicated uh, characters. Almost too complicated sometimes. Like, some of them I feel like they layered on more complications to make them more interesting. When they were writing it. Like, um... I only found, like, four people to be the complex people, and everyone else is just peripheral to me. Yeah. Yeah, some of them don't get time to, um, like, Louis C.K., you know. Like, their characters are in it quite a lot, but you don't really know a lot about them. Even Hawkeye guy, his character's complex as well, but... It's more superficially complex, like, but what you I really, don't get to know a lot about What it. I really like about this movie is, A, like, I like period pieces from the 70s. I think the 70s is a really interesting visu- to visually. I'm sure I lived during the 70s, but I was a kid, so it didn't... Yeah, but that's why you find it interesting. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I'm sure in the 70s, for average people who lived in the 70s, it wasn't that enthralling or anything. It, was it just never like, is. Like right no. now, the time we live in isn't that interesting. But in 30 years, when they make movies about and the And they 2010s, go, wow, look at all those cute things they had. Those like, little iPhones and yeah. double big monitors for their PCs. Do they even have PCs anymore, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because we can look back at like 90s movies and look at somebody's desk and go, oh, wow, look at that. Like, it, we really, that's how it used to be, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it's like... This is a real romanticized I was going to say, version. and we romanticize the 70s because we and were so there. And so does the cinematographer here, I think. Absolutely. It's kind, of, it's kind of very... Everything 70s you can possibly think of is in there. Like, it's like a, a big... But it's the world, isn't it? Yeah, it the clothes be. and the, you know. Um, so, yeah, the acting is supremely top-notch. The story is really good. I, I went and looked it up, the story, a little bit, because it's based on a true story, but then it's not. Loosely. It's like a fictional thing. Mostly a fictional thing I read, and there was like a couple of people who might it might or might not be based on it. It's not. Well, that guy's real. Yeah, but the stuff that happens in the movie ain't necessarily what happens to that real guy. Right. They didn't. It's it's really a fictional thing. 
So, you know, and it even says at the beginning, what's the line? Some of these things really happen. Some of these things really happen. So take that with a pinch of salt. It's a really interesting story. And I could imagine things like this going on. I mean, it's not oh, out. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, because... I think worse than this goes on all the time. Because without any spoil... Uh, it might be a spoiler if you've not read the back of the box, but it's basically some con men who are really good at what they do, the FBI take them and use them... To like, try to snag other To people. try and snag people who are bigger fish than they are. And then, you know, it, it's a big... It's a big, long, yeah. long con, as they call it. Um... And it goes down over over a period of, what is it, like a, a year? Don't even know. Couldn't tell. Um, but it's an interesting... It's I wouldn't even bother to describe it, because it's like one of them, like, it just unfolds as it goes along, and there's, you know, twists and turns along the way, and, oh, you know. I think it's a really well-made film, because it doesn't ever lose you. It's not like, you know, some, some movies where there are a lot of complicated plots going on. You sit and watch it and sometimes, there was something we watched recently. Oh, it was the one with Benedict Cumberbatch about the, yeah. um, WikiLeaks. Yeah. I said to you, I'd like to see it again because I feel like I, I didn't soak all that up because it comes at you so fast. And this does, it, there's a lot of information going on, but it's, it's so well put together. You never really lose track of what's going on, who's who. You know, there's some interesting cameos. It's always fun to watch. There's some really emotional parts of it. There's some really funny parts. Like some, there's actually some laugh out loud type parts in it. I think. I'm not um, being funny, but the Robert De Niro's not a cameo. No, whatever it is, it's just a role. It's fairly substantial. What did we say was a cameo? Cameos like if they walk past the cafe and you're watching characters Stan in the movie Lee. and they go, "They're st- yeah, that's a cameo." Because you right. know it's Stanley. Yeah, Robert De Niro's in it, what, for three minutes? Yeah, he's maybe? got a... It's a huge impact on the story. Yeah, I didn't even know he was in it. Mm-mm. So that was interesting, because I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Robert De Niro. I actually thought for, for uh, like, a few tenths of a second, that kind of looks like Robert De Niro, but it's probably not him. That's what I was thinking. I don't think that's him. And I'm like, holy shit, it's him. <laughs> Weird. Um, so, yeah, I really liked it. I liked the direction. I liked... The, the the clothing, you know, I, I I don't generally want to see an extra about costuming, but I would have <laughs> liked to see one for this. Unfortunately, there wasn't one. Because some of the... I was looking at the list, on the, I was watching the credits all the way to the end, and the amount of clothing companies that cooperated with this, there was Chanel, you know, all these really, like, all this vintage clothing that they must have had to get. Because there's a lot of... Um, how many costume changes did they have? 30. Per person. More yeah. than thirty, yeah. Yeah, which is, so you see a lot of clothing. Um But you can also go to the thrift store and get shitloads of stuff from the seventies. Like a lot. And I'm sure these You don't need to call up do. Chanel and say, Hey, can we have two of your dresses? I'm sure some of it comes from thrift shops also. I mean sure. these costuming people. And they know vintage all the shops, I mean, they're in LA. They're gonna it's like they're just there's like an ocean of thrift there. So yeah, to put it as a, in a nutshell, it's a really awesome if you like this kind of con movie and it's not any action it's not an action movie Mm -hmm. in fact there is nothing really of action it's all people talking to each other all the entire time right and it's quite a long movie two and a half hours it's a better heist than the movie heist because the movie heist was shite and this is like a heist that isn't a heist it's like but it is but it's subtle and well you know the way it's told is quite good too I liked how it starts Mm -hmm. and then it fills in people and it doesn't rush. So it goes like, you know, here's something happening, and now you need to know about this guy. So we're going for 20 minutes to tell you about this guy's life, like uh, Christian Bale, for instance. We're going to tell you how it got to this point in detail. Like, there's none of this, like, Martin Scorsese's guilty of this a little bit. If you watch his movies, he'll go, here's something and here's how it got to that point, and it's like, blam, 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 and it's like three seconds, and then you're supposed to go, okay, yeah, I understand that guy. And you do sometimes, but then sometimes you're like, I wish you'd have spent more time telling us more about that guy. Goodfellas is a prime example for that. There's lots of those, oh, you're scared of this guy because, and then they just show him do something. Clips of him. A yeah. clip of it really fast. A montage doing, of horrible things. Yeah, instead of like, 
No, how did he get to doing that? Like, it, you know, so in this, they really fill all that in. So let's move on to the cast. Uh, Christian Bale um, as Irving Rosenfield. Christian Bale is amazing, in my opinion. And in this movie, it cemented it even more. He's, I know he does this physical thing where he changes his body for parts, and he's done it more than once, and he does it again here. He puts on a, a lot of weight, 40 pounds, he said. Um, not that that's a good thing, and like anybody can do that, right? That, in fact, it's e- that's the easy part, isn't it? To put on some weight. I don't it's know if it's that easy, but... Well, I think it is. You can put on weight. I don't think it is when you're actually mindful of the fact that it's going to have to come off again. So you're not just doing it, like eating and three it, cakes a day. And it did come off again, because we saw him in the interview yeah. talking about making the movie, and he was thin. So we've seen him... So aside from that, and he does do that for the part, and he did it really well. I forgot it was Christian Bale. Yep. Like, because of the physical difference, and he looks... He's I think covered. it looks just like Christian Bale. But what Bale, I mean though. is he's covered with glasses, he's covered with his this crazy hair, weird teeth. Oh no, he had his own teeth. I just forgot about him. Completely. I forgot about Christian Bale, which is exactly what you want from this kind of big, powerful character that he's playing. I, I think he's really an amazing actor. One of the best actors that I watch... Um, even as Batman, I think he's really good. And in this, I was trying to think of other roles that I think he's as good as in. And this is about the best one I've seen him in. I mean, The Machinist is pretty badass. That's the other end of the skinny spectrum. Yeah, but I mean, as a performance, that that being that that guy. But um, this is pretty far away from it being Christian Bale. I mean, it's acting. Exactly. <laughs> like, give him credit for doing his job. And I then, think that's interesting. And then another guy who I <clears throat> used to not be a fan of, Bradley Cooper, who plays Richie DiMarzio. He, you know, the place beyond the pines kind of turned me around with him. Because Absolutely. Not, I used saw him as like that Joker guy, like he's funny and stuff, and like he's this charming guy. And then that, it was something completely different. And in this, it's something completely different again. In fact, but there again in this... That guy's got an element of charm and kind of... But he's real. he really puts him... It, there are moments, particularly the sexual things between him and Amy Adams, yeah. that the line between I'm acting and I'm getting lost in the moment is... And then the one where he finally goes... Mm. It's like, I know it's acting, but there had to be an element of they both got wrapped up in that moment and to be able to pull it off... Literally, and like you're, I'm convinced those two people are entangled emotionally in a weird, fucked up way, and I lose him too. I lose. I even lost Amy Adams, and she didn't do anything to change the way she looks um, at all. Well, we'll move on to her, but no, but um, him, I I forget it's him too because I don't think about him as who he is actor wise. So you know, we just like- kind of. Like the is the is the Hangover guy. That's what people like. That's where he became famous in the Hangover. And series. I've never seen the Hangover movie. No, and I saw. And you know, somebody who starts off like that, it's kind of like Jonah Hill or Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, or Jonah Hill. I'm thinking especially like he starts off in these goofy comedy films, and then he's in like The Wolf of Wall Street in a serious role. Like, and it it can taint you sometimes. Like, I know it, it definitely would taint you with Jonah Hill, but. I fucking hate him. Yeah, but he can taint you sometimes because <laughs> you're like, oh, you're just that goofy guy. He can't do serious It's stuff. not just that. I like some people who do goofy. I don't like him. But this guy, Bradley Cooper, you know, we'd seen him in, I'd seen him in goofy stuff. You saw him in Limitless, probably the first thing yeah. you saw him in, with Robert De Niro. There's uh, <laughs> seven, what do you call that thing? Six. Six. Six something to Kevin Bacon, but it's not six anymore. I think six it's something two. to Robert De Niro. You could probably do it with him too. But in a lot of movies, right? Oh, yeah. Um, With a lot of people. So, yeah, Bradley Cooper, excellent also. I'm I'm actually going to say now, everybody is excellent in this movie. Everybody. Like, even down to, like, the people who are in it, very minute space of time. So, Amy Adams plays Sidney Prosser. Um, She's awesome. She's yeah. really awesome. She really I've always lets liked go. her, though. Like, but this is different. I kept thinking of Enchanted, and then... This and the difference in how she does, you know, Enchanted, where she's come out of the cartoon and she. Wait, it's one like, of my favorite Disney movies. Yeah, I think and it's really good. You think about the difference there. Not only 
maybe then she wasn't even aware that she could do this, like, adult who is, we don't know the full backstory, but all we know is she struggles. You know, she struggles in her mind to get her feet on the ground and have a life that's, like, good. She doesn't want to be her. She wants to be uh, something else, and she becomes something else. But there are moments when she is... Like, she just disappears, and that woman is right there in your face. And I thought that was pretty amazing. Because she didn't have any of the stuff that Christian Bale had. She was just herself. She just had, she had to wear those revealing dresses the entire yeah. time, almost. <laughs> um, she also uh, is Lois Lane, so yeah. she automatically um, is awesome. Because she's Lois Lane. That doesn't make her awesome. <laughs> um, Jeremy Renner plays Mayor Carmine Polito. Everybody in this movie has an excellent haircut, must I say. <laughs> yeah. And his haircut especially was awesome. He's a little left over from the Pompadour days. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. and, and when I first saw him, like, this movie, when I say it has some funniness to it, like comedy, every single time at the beginning of the movie when we saw somebody new, I almost giggled to myself because I was like, oh my God, they went with that haircut. And like, they're really... T- Extreme. Nobody taking it seriously though. Like, they've just got that haircut. Like, it's a crazy haircut. Like, everybody's got a crazy haircut. He's got... um curls curlers in his hair at one point it's but that was the 70s yeah. you know i think jeremy renner's character he's the mayor he's kind of stuck in between kind of catching him at taking a bribe but his motives for moving this big project along are actually sincere and the whole time you're on the edge like oh is this guy a total douchebag is he actually like the gonna because he, could, he appears to be one he but he doesn't at the same time because you're like, I want to trust what he says. But he's a politician. But so he I'm understands like... the machine. So that's the thing. He's using that machine of, you know, what do they call it? Like greasing the wheels and bribing the people and all that stuff. He's using that to get what he wants, which is truly to make his community better. Like that's actually his motive. So he's really complicated and you don't see him a lot. You don't get to know him much, but once you get that little vignette of his family and then his wife is sort of pe- peppered in there, so, and you get this really strong... Like he loves his family, it's all these about two, his family. Yeah, and these two people are like, they're intertwined. Like, there's no problem between them or everybody else in their relationships are kind of fucked up. But I thought he was one of the most complicated, but you see him, him and Robert De Niro sort of like sur- surface. But even that, they do it in a way... That makes them complicated, and that is a good trick. And what I found really interesting no, about... No, Robert De Niro's character is not complicated. No, He's really. just a he's, he's, he's just a mob dude. He's like just a horrible guy. Um, yeah. What I was going to say about this movie, which is really interesting and refreshing at the same time, was the vibe of this movie all the time, like a Martin Scorsese movie, is this is going to be really violent at some point. Like, really, really dark. It's going to get... I, I kept feeling that, like, this is the kind of movie where dark shit is going to happen. And it doesn't. It's not that kind of movie. Oh, you just ruined it for everybody. Well, <laughs> only if you're waiting for dark stuff. But, I mean, it's not that. It's it's. There's some. Yeah, there's one thing that's actually... Two things. Dark. Yeah, yeah. But they're... But they're so small in the, in the scheme of things. Like, like, like talking of a movie like Goodfellas. Yeah. It's peppered with really dark stuff. And, it's and it like, seems to... It's like a crutch to... To, like... Put an exclamation point at every character. Because these character. characters are not about like violence will intimidate people, or it's not really about that. It's about getting one over on somebody. Except through... for curly headed guy, he will use anything. and Robert De Niro would right, but he then just... the curly headed guy Bradley Cooper, he'll use anything. He'll use his vulnerable, naive, I'm just going to fuck this woman, and yeah, in the moment, and then we're going to, like, really be, uh, and then next thing you know, he's bashing somebody in the head, and then the next thing you know, he's just trying to be charming. He's got everything. Whereas I felt like the Christian Bale character would be on the verge, but he's just not. He's just a docile. He's just this dude, isn't he? that's That's the theme in the movie, is surviving, and his ability to... Think past people and set up these scams is his way of doing it instead of just intimidating people. I'm going, this is the link from last week's show to this week's show. Jennifer Lawrence appeared in both movies, Catching Fire and this one. 
Um, interesting that she it just had all the actors' names and it said with Jennifer Lawrence. I don't understand that. I don't never know the politicking behind you getting your names in the credits. But she's in it as much and is as important as anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in this movie and like, totally different from anything she's done before, I think. Oh, totally. And well, I've never seen Winter's Bone, but... But it's... Yeah, even that, which I've not seen, I've seen clips. But yeah, it's not yeah. this. Yeah, no. Where she's this, it's, it's another she's complicated awesome, character. awesome. It kind of... She's the wife of Christian Bale. Well, yeah, she's yeah. the wife. She is still the wife. Yeah, but um, and, and he's attracted to her because of that. Like, she's like a raw nerve. Yeah, That's she, why I describe. You don't know what's going to happen. And she's very much. You're going to know somebody like her in real life, where she's a bit. You think she's not very bright, and yet super, super observant about life, and a raw, like a raw nerve. Just like, and anything she does wrong, it's always on purpose. It's always on purpose. She always had a reason for making that mistake. And if something goes terribly wrong, oh, well, whatever. Just get over it. And just let me get on with whatever I'm <laughs> it's doing. It's funny. The, doesn't the, matter how many fires I cause or how much I screw up. My favorite, One of my favorite parts is when there's a fire in their house the second time. <laughs> yeah. And the kid, the kid yells, there's another fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, no, not that one. That one's empty. And yeah. you know what they're talking about. The fire extinguisher. The science of them. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think she was fantastic and she should, I don't, I don't understand that, you know, or it's that where they put and introducing somebody and then. Well, introducing makes sense because it's their first time. But, but they, they're in the whole, you shouldn't even say and introducing, it should just be, look, this person. Well, no, that's a, that's a tradition. It is. So, um, Louis C.K. is in there. One of my favorite, in fact, he might be my favorite stand-up comedian, um, and he plays Stoddard Thorson. Why would they pick him? I don't know. And I was surprised when I was writing down the cast that he was in it. I was like, wow, nobody's ever mentioned that Louis C.K. is in this movie. Not even him. I've not seen anything about it. Um, he was good. He's fine. He I plays mean, himself, like. Yeah, exactly. As a. He's a bureaucrat. Yeah. He's stuck in the middle between the hot headed FBI guy, who is the curly headed one, Bradley Cooper, who will basically do anything to score some big takedowns. And then the other side of Louis C.K. is his boss, who's the prosecuting attorney of the state, who is like kind of a dickhead, wannabe, famous for bringing down all these guys as the prosecuting attorney. And he's just sort of the bureaucrat stuck in the middle who can't see... He doesn't see big like... He doesn't think big like that. He thinks like, you know... So he is basically the brick wall... To Bradley Cooper's, like, battering So them. all the scenes are him asking for something and him kind of saying, hmm, mm, yeah. don't think you can have Not it. all of them. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, I liked him in it, but there again, I like... Uh, his, his show is back on FX in uh, April, so uh, keep a lookout for that. He's he's fantastic. And his TV show, Louis, Louis um, it's really good. It's good as a comedy and as a drama. I think it's good as both. Um, so this is directed by David O. Russell, and like I said to you earlier, and these are the... T- He's made four movies, and the two that we've seen... Uh, did I... we talk about Amy Adams? We didn't talk about Amy Adams. Yeah, we did. No, I she mentioned her. She was the third one. Right, we but we didn't talk about the one thing. The revealing dresses and... Oh, true. I guess we didn't talk about the accent, which at first I was like, oh my god, but then I realized... It was pop. She's a girl... Yeah, she doesn't know how to do a good British accent, because that's her character, but she's trying, so... And people believe it. It's the con works on most people. People believe what they want to believe. Um, so this is directed by David Russell, and the two films we have seen, and this is where I'm saying I always think he has an air of, this kind of changed my mind, but the first one is I Heart Huckabees, which is alright as a movie, but it definitely has this air of, yeah, we're trying really hard to be cool or like, definitely. quirky. Like Wes Anderson, his movies are really quirky, but if you've seen him, He's quirky, right? Like, he actually... That's just him. Like, you're seeing his... What he loves and what he... This guy... Tim I, Burton. Yeah. You're seeing his, his thing. Now, I, if you've seen I Heart Huckabees, it's got this thing to it that kind of irks me a little bit when I watch it. And the other one's Three Kings, which also... While I enjoyed that one, it still has this thing about it. This... It's, it's a, like hyper life. Yeah. The t- twist, the reality base up on almost like 
fantasy. Like there's a tinge of like it's, it's odd dream state, but it's reality. Yeah, and then he also did the Fighter and Silver Linings playbook, which um, the Fighter was with Mister Christian Bale, and Silver Linings playbook was with Bradley Cooper. So he's got his little uh, none of which we have seen. I have not. Either. No, I've not seen those two, but. Um, this changed me my mind about David O. Russell. If he, the, I have to see the fighter and uh, Silverline's playbook now because this is more kind of the movie I like. Silverline's playbook nominated for Academy Awards. The fighter nominated for Academy True. Awards. Yeah, this guy, you know, over the last few years, well, the, actually three years in a row now has been up for Oscars. So there's something to be said, and I like the direction in this and everything. I thought this was really. I feel like I do feel like he's trying to be like somebody else sometimes. Like who? Martin Scorsese really springs to mind, and it's it's. I don't know if it's him or the cinematographer, but it's actual shots that I'm talking about, not direction. So it might not be him, but it's actually how things look and how the camera moves. There's a lot of that. We'll watch The Wolf of Wall Street in a couple of weeks' time, and. I don't think Scorsese's that wrapped up in his cinematography as much. He lets he has a real style though. If you go and look at right, it. but he has the same person every time, right? And that's no, where he likes no. to. No, he doesn't. I don't think that he designs the look of the film. Scorsese is real. Yeah, he does. I don't think he's so. He's really into like shot and framing. That's and he's into those long shots that go on forever. That was his trademark thing. What do you mean? Like seven-minute tracking shots. Right. Like the beginning of Casino or the beginning of Goodfellas, where it just never leaves. The camera just follows. I don't remember. Well, they both have, <laughs> they both have those shots. Um, that's one of his trademarks. So it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, not that long. Adam Sandler walking down that hallway and punching. Aronofsky's um, most famous. For yeah, because he he does those. But yeah, Martin Scorsese has always done it. Mean Streets, all those movies, all have that. Um, and I feel this guy's trying to do a bit of that. But there again, there is no rhyme or reason almost to David or Russell's. All the movies I've seen, they're all. There is no trademark. That's what I'm that talking someone about. said. He is not interested in the trappings of it. He's interested in the people. Right. He so said he that. lets. And he doesn't say it. Uh, Christian Bale said that about him, I think. Or one of the producers said that about him. That the director guy is not interested. In all the details that we're putting together in the sets and the design, he's interested in the characters. So then so somebody else is responsible for what I'm talking else. about. Somebody else, yeah. Um, so Blu-ray extras, there are not a lot, unfortunately. I'm a bit disappointed. There's no comment, no commentary. There are deleted scenes, and there are there's a making of documentary that's 16 minutes long. It's not. Um, it's not, not the best thing ever. It's a lot of, oh, this guy's wonderful, that guy's wonderful. Um, there isn't any, like, technical making behind the scenes stuff, really, is there? So, I was a bit disappointed overall. It was, uh, if you like the uh, musical moment with, um, I was going to say Katniss again, <laughs> there's a whole, there's the full song. It's, um, you know, Live and Let Die. There's the, if you watch the deleted scenes, the whole version of that is in there. So that's kind of cool, but, Aside from that, I was I was like, oh, really? There's no, no anything, no on the set stuff. No or? explanation of the inspiration to pick and choose real uh, real stuff versus fictional. And stuff. then no commentary, so I can you know I love commentaries and um, let me check that there isn't. Maybe there's one hidden. <laughs> no, there isn't. Making of American Russell and deleted and extended scenes. So let's uh, so um, conclusion. What do you reckon? To be honest, I wasn't that... I was very neutral about watching it at all. I don't know why. It just nothing appealed to me overall. I didn't know what it was about, so... And... Well, I knew it was Hustle, so that... I kind of got that from the title. Like, that there's some sort of con going on. That's what I took from the title and the little clips that we saw. And from the first probably five minutes, I was completely hooked and... I felt like it was super substantial, like it, it seemed really long and exactly right, paced just right, super satisfying overall. Entertaining. It's because of the acting. And interesting. All of it came together. I mean, I'm giving it, like, I'm when I do the reviews, like 9 out of 10, because I, 
Other than it being just a little bit like I like super epic stories, and this isn't well, epic or anything. Well, this funnily, is a little slice. Funnily enough, of the Oscar-nominated movies we've seen so far this year, and Gravity was one we just saw. I actually like this better than Gravity. oh, way better than Gravity. Yeah, I holy did. shit! I, don't, I like Gravity, but I really like this. Yeah, but when you think about the whole overall experience of like soaking up characters and a story, the story of Gravity is just nothing. It's a a sad woman who goes to space. That's, that's, and that was my complaint <laughs> yeah. about Gravity. Yeah. As far as it getting all those awards for technical and stuff, I understand that. But as Whereas, far as a best picture kind of thing, there's not enough story. I mean, at least 2001 A Space Odyssey brings to you the thought-provoking thing about the origins of man. And there's a lot more to that, that than, than Gravity. Yeah, There's a lot. a lot more to it, yeah. Even though there's hardly any dialogue, it, there's still a lot to it. So this one, I I would watch it again. Like, in the, not soon, but I would definitely want to watch it again just to see the nuances more about... Performances are what got me. Like, totally. Yeah, and the story's really good. A, I'm, one of my recommendations this week, it goes really alongside it. So I'm going to... Uh, so thanks to Sony for the Blu-ray. We recommend this movie. If you want to win uh, some Blu-rays, go this contest on aschoolie.com. You can win all kinds of Blu-rays. Next week's review... All kinds. <laughs> next week's Blu-ray review is Frozen, <laughs> which is uh, on Blu-ray, which is another Oscar-nominated, uh, Oscar-winning um, Fun. movie. Um and movie recommendations for this week, I am going with, and this is where I, I place American Hustle right next to this movie, and that's Boogie Nights, um, which is another 1970s-themed movie mm-hmm. by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's an amazing movie. It's a shame it that didn't get nominated for Oscars or anything. It's I don't know why. It's really it's extremely good quality. Um, and this really fits alongside it to me. It'd be a great double bill, to be honest. One's about porn, one's about a... Yeah. Uh, uh, hustle. Corruption. Yeah. But um, and my other movie recommendation for this week, I was thinking of a really good con movie that I like, and it's The Sting, which is a really good con movie. Yeah. There are lots of con movies. It's a, it's definitely revisited in, in film a lot. Oh, I almost forgot. The Matchstick Men. That is a good one, too. Yeah. That's another one about and the another, long con. And this isn't a movie recommendation for this week, because I've only got two. But another one I was thinking of watching um, American Hustle and how detailed and interesting the plot is was Argo. And I know that yeah. one's based on a true, absolutely true, but it's a similar type of movie. It's a bit of a con. It's a con going yeah. on. I mean, that that one has more importance, but there again, so does this. It's about corruption and so is that. So they're pretty similar. And way. my recommendations are because I knew that you would want to pick it and it's the first thing that came to my mind and only because of one thing. Because of the female lead, the wife of the gangster or the guy who's doing the thing. Now in Casino, which is the recommendation, Sharon Stone is a huge character. She drives a lot of it. You know, the woman is always the Achilles heel of the big bad wolf guy, you know. But I was thinking about how women's roles have changed and while she was broken and a drug addict and volatile and all that, it was it was kind of shallow when you think about it. You didn't get there's not a lot of depth to her. She's just a mess. Like there's nothing else to her, and I don't know her motivation fully. These two women, the wife and the she girlfriend person, yeah, Amy Adams and her, their characters are like actual whole rounded people even though you don't see their entire backstory you get everything from and that's them. what he wanted strong w- and everything characters. they were doing wasn't just to keep a man necessarily now Katniss <laughs> her Jennifer Lawrence's character she is alone she doesn't want to be alone she admits at one point she doesn't like change in life so you know there's something broken inside of her however she does have her little arc, as they call it, where she's sort of, you know, her her being is more wrapped up with being with a man than Amy Adams. Amy Adams is singularly interested in getting by in this life. Like, that is it. True. And I find that interesting. So that's what, I don't know why it reminded me of Casino. Amy Adams is literally the female equivalent of Absolutely. Christian Bale. But smarter. Yeah. And I think more driven. Because she's got nothing to lose and really nothing to gain, unfortunately, because she's... Definitely smarter, because Christian Bale's character 
becomes unhinged when women are about. It kind a little of bit, fucks yeah. him up a bit. <laughs> Whereas she, men, doesn't mean really much to her. It really it's, doesn't. It's like, meh. It does, because she doesn't does, like the wife situation. It does, but it doesn't put her off the, the con or the prize or whatever. She, she just, can kind of compartmentalize yeah. it, where he has a harder time, for sure. Um, my other one is... I was thinking of another female character, and last night I was watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and Beverly... Well, that's a surprise. Dr. Beverly Crusher is actually, when you think about it, not only do we get Jane, Janeway, later uh, as the captain of the starship, but Dr. Crusher, while it's not, we're not talking about this caliber of acting or anything, but she actually can tell the captain what to do, she saves people, she's super clever, she's emotional, she... As the mother and everything, and I, I just think back. She's is is Will Wheaton her son? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, in the show. Yeah. That <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So that's my next, uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Any episode with Beverly Crusher. It's a good one. All right. So games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. I played precisely one game this week. That game <laughs> is Titanfall. It came out on Tuesday. I've played one game this week. Precisely the one right in front of me. That one didn't come out this week? No. So uh, I've been playing Titanfall. I actually picked it up on the PC because I don't own an Xbox One. And apparently the PC was the place to play it anyway. It plays better. It's got better frame rate, that kind of thing. Um, I've played... Let me see. It's Saturday. And I've played over 20 hours of it in three days. So... How How much time have you spent with your wife? Probably more than that. No. Yeah. No. So, um, it's kind of like Call of Duty, like I said last week. You can prestige. They don't call it prestige in this game. They call it regeneration. So, what they do is they, the Hammond Industries, who make all these titans and all this thing, they take your pilot that you are. You're a pilot. I guess you're genetic, genetically modified or like robotic or something, but they take you back to the drawing board. They erase your BIOS. And they, um, yeah, what happens is you get to level 50 in the game. You know, like in Call of Duty, all, all what would happen is it'd go, uh, hey, you're level 50 now, do you want to prestige? And you press a button and then you start again, right? In this game, it says, hey, you're level 50 now, maximum level. You can't earn any more XP, but Hammond Industries would like to erase your BIOS. Ah. And when we do, you will forget everything that happened up to this point, and you'll be a brand new soldier... And you can do it all again, but you'll get a 10% experience bonus. And then it proceeds to show you a BIOS screen, and it flashes your ROM, and you see it all happen. This beep, 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 and it's all this, you know, it looks like DOS. And then you come out the other side, and you're, um, it's all reset, and it's like you've prestiged, but it's called regeneration. And next to your name, when you're in a lobby, it says Gen 2. So everybody knows that you're Gen 2. I've seen some Gen 8s already, which is insane. I don't know how that even... They don't have wives. I don't even know that's possible in a week. But yeah, anyway. it is. You, um, don't, you don't play for like 20 hours at a time or anything. Yeah, I guess if you play all day, every yeah, day. Yeah, imagine wake up and you play for 16 hours. Go to sleep, get up, play for 16 yeah, hours. Yeah, that would, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so it makes you this Gen 2 soldier and then you start again. And it's really cool. I, I love the game a lot. I didn't... I knew I would like it when I played that beta a few weeks ago, and I said to you, at first I was, uh, I don't know about that game, I don't know if it's like going to be that good, it's going to be trying to be like Call of Duty. It plays very differently to Call of Duty. It's so fast, the parkour that you can do running along walls and jumping up and down. It's like Mirror's Edge in that respect. You can actually run along walls sideways and jump up on things. So it adds a whole new dimension to the game, because you can be running sideways along a wall and still shooting at people. It's like... You see some people do things that you're like, how do they even do that? You know, like it's, there's a high level of skill that you can do different things. Uh, Being inside the Titans, which are like big mech suits, is really fun. You might think, oh, I'm super powerful when I'm in the Titan, but you're not really. They're quite fragile, these Titans. You have to, there's like a, I've discovered, you can't just run into the battle in the Titan. You have to kind of run into the battle, shoot some missiles off, and then kind of scarper away to like, let your shields generate back up. So it's not like I'm in this massive thing, I can just go and crush everything. You can't. You have to use this... I have this thing on my Titan, like electrical smoke. It, it drops a smoke grenade, and all electrical smoke is all over the place. So I've got this uh, habit of running into the battle 
where all the Titans are dropping the smoke and then running away, and then they got all stuck in the smoke. They don't know what's going on, and it drains the health down. Does then, it drain yours if you get caught in it? If you get caught in it, yes. So I just stay away, wait for them all to get stuck in the smoke, wait till the smoke goes away, and then go in and finish them all off. It's like a really good tactic. So, mm-hmm. You know what that sounds like? What? Sounds like, what do you call it? A camper. No, that's not a camper. That sounds Campers, like a camper. You know what? This game solves camping as well. Nobody camps because because you can move so fast and you can move along any surface. You can, you know, run along walls and everything. Camping isn't a viable option at all. So I find that there's no snipers in the game at all, even though there are sniper rifles. You never see a sniper because because the people move so fast, and I'm talking literally like running at 30 miles an hour, like fast, fast, like because there's a... There's a stim pack you can do, and when you press it, your pilot gets all stimulated. You can hear his heartbeat, and he moves really fast, like a faster than a car. Like he he just moves. So if you're a sniper, you have no chance of hitting that guy because he's all over the place, and then he jumps up on stuff. So they've kind of removed camping because you have to be skillful to hit somebody running at 30 miles an hour, you know, from one place to another to actually hit him with a sniper rifle. So you find no snipers, but on the other side of that. Everybody uses a shotgun and runs around like crazy with a shotgun. So you have to kind of avoid that. So it's a really cool game. I've seen it on sale for $30 already this week, which is crazy for a game that only just came out this week. Um, and I highly recommend it. It runs really well on the PC. Not, you know, my PC is pretty powerful, but it runs on all kinds of PCs. I've even seen people say they're playing it on laptops and it runs okay. So uh, that's Titanfall. It's on Origin because it's an EA game. You have to get it from there. But, uh, yeah, awesome game. Uh, and the other thing, there's only one more thing I've done this week that's worth a mention. And it's uh, From Dust Till Dawn, the TV show. Now, I've been a fan of From Dust Till Dawn since day one, right? And I'll tell you how I encountered From Dust Till Dawn. I was in Manchester. Um, I had a half day at work. And it was noon. And I came out of work. And I walked around the corner. And there's a cinema in the middle of Manchester, this big, the big cinema. And uh, it only has like two screens, and it said from dusk till dawn, and I was like, I don't know what from that is, but I I want to see a film. I'm in town. I might as well go in and watch it. I went in and watched it, and came out like I'd only seen Reservoir Dogs at that point, and came out like I was just oh my god, I didn't know what it was about, so it was that absolute hundred percent surprise. Too. Me too, because I had no idea. Because I went in and was like, oh, this is kind of like. So Res- let's not tell anybody. No, I was like, this is kind of like Reservoir Dogs. Um, and now it isn't. <laughs> so um, this week, uh, Robert Rodriguez launched a new television channel called El Rey, the El Rey Network, and it's primarily um, a network on cable and satellite that caters to Latino television. Like he's making original series, and there's also pre-existing English-speaking right? Latin. Not, yeah, not all of it though. Some of it is Latino. Um, Everything, right? So he's he's taking some he's taking some old programs and put them on there, but he's also taking a lot of old grindhouse movies because he wants to have like a big grindhouse section on there. Um, so it's it's an actual new TV channel, and the flagship show for this new channel is a show that he's made himself, and it's from Dust Till Dawn, the series, I believe that's its actual official title. Now we watched the pilot episode, and it's a retelling of the movie. Uh, in fact, the pilot episode is a retelling of the opening scene of the I have just that, yeah. And the, it's not really. It's got it's new changed. elements. Yeah. So so it, don't think, oh, I've seen the movie. This I won't be interested because it, it mixes it up. Obviously, it's not the same actors. He's retelling the story so you get to see the whole thing, right? And it's going to be 10 episodes long. And uh, we saw the pilot. And what did you think of the pilot? Directed by Robert Rodriguez. I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought that people, like, you just have to put out in your mind. I wouldn't compare them because I don't think, I don't try to do that. No, I, I was, in fact, at first I was like, oh, I'm going to compare this to these film. And then I was like, no, this is really, I, you know what I'm glad about? We're going to know more about this story. Excuse me. And you know more, the opening sequence of the pilot, the bit in the jungle, even that little bit, I was like, oh my God, we're, He's going to tell us a new story, like, like you know, more. Fill in, yeah. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I know who that is. So what's happening here? 
You know, it's it's really cool the, the way it's been done. I don't know who it is. I know who it is. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Not necessarily. Yeah, so it was a long time ago. No, I know who it is. I mean, I could guess, but I don't know. Yeah, it is. How it do has, you know? I just think it has to be. Right, then you think Her name it was is. exactly the same, too. Her what? Her name. She didn't have a name. Yeah, the, the dude yelled her name. Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't notice. So I don't know. It is that person. Anyway, right. the backstories are being filled in on the... Right. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I liked... <coughs> for a pilot TV show as well, like... Because it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, I felt like it. It felt like a movie. Like it, definitely, it doesn't feel like you know. Because he has, he, he really pays attention to the, you know, the, he, he does everything. The camera work, yeah. the whole thing, and I could see all that. You know, he does all those angles and stuff. He tried to. Don Johnson plays um, Earl McGraw, who's a, actually a character that recurs in te- Quentin Tarantino movies, and I thought Don Johnson did a hell of a job. Oh, really good, yeah. yeah. Um, and the two guys, I don't know who they are exactly. Really but, good, though. But yeah, Tarantino, the character who Tarantino plays in the movie, this guy who's playing him, I prefer him. And I prefer this guy over George Clooney, right? Oh, because, definitely. Because, you know, they are fun in the movie, Clooney and Tarantino together. But See, it is... that all has a hint of pretentiousness. That's what I think about them being that. They're a bit pretentious with the... Dialogue. I mean, I like it, but I'm just saying when you want to look at it objectively. I mean, Clooney's very Clooney-ish. Yes. In and Just in this, you have two young men who are, I'm more convinced, they are who they are. Right. Instead of Clooney being this super cool, trying to keep his crazy brother in check, um, great criminal, da-da-da, and then him being, like, psychotic. And I thought to myself, in the movie, the opening scene, it lasts about, what, five to ten minutes, this opening scene, and I was thinking... As it was going on, this pilot show. Wow, they're stretching that five to ten minute scene into an hour scene. Surely that won't work. But it really did. Like, Absolutely. It was like, oh, wow. Like, I even feel this situation better because there's so much more to it. Just little things like the way the brothers play off each other. You understand more about how unhinged... And he modernizes it appropriately. Is. You've got a cell phone hanging there. You've got... You're in a strip mall instead of just in this desolate yep. place. I mean, if you are... Thinking, uh, it's just, I love the movie. There's no way this will work. Well, then don't watch it because you're going to nitpick it. But if you, like me, I love the movie, but I think the story, plural stories, there's lots of stories going on, are more important than the, than the movie itself. Now, I'd be interested to see the movie is quite tongue in cheek and corny. You, you, you've got to like maybe not the first bit, but the last bit. It's pretty. It's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. I'm interested to see whether this show goes crazy or it's more serious. I think serious, and I'd like it to be serious because we've seen that crazy thing from the fact that you've got this new young guy character who's sort of like dun dun dun. Yeah, I'm going to you know. Yeah, he's smooth and he's like. No, the cop guy, the new guy. Oh, yeah, you got that guy, too. Yeah, he's but brand new. Like, you never saw him before, no. he didn't exist before. And he's got a mission. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, and he's, it's serious. Yeah. Because you've seen the family, you've seen the motivation. He loved the guy. He loved Don Johnson. It was like his dad. So I think that makes it a little more like... It's a really cool show. I di- I've, I've known about it. I knew it was coming about a year ago, because I follow Rodriguez's stuff. Um, I didn't expect it to be of this quality. I thought I might watch it and go, oh god, that's some cheesy shit. Like, and it is in a little way, in a way, but then it's also really well made. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more of it. The thing about Rodriguez is his movies don't look much different from his no, TV because show he because does everything himself. Not only that, but he does things on the cheap, so he's not ever doing. Sometimes he does, but even Spy Kids, when you're like, it's all CGI, it still looks a it, little bit cheap because that's the idea, isn't exactly. It? So the TV show isn't like, you know, it really isn't that much different. No, to me, visually. No, I don't think so. And not, I was thinking, oh, the standard of acting is going to be like super low, like, like, cause he's going to have like a load of, you know, brand new actors who have not got much experience, but that well, was. Well, it's not like Quentin Tarantino's a great actor, not cause the, he's no, not. No. But he seemed to fit in that role for me. He, he really did. Like, it, it just, I'd never seen him act apart from Reservoir Dogs. And, you know, he didn't have a huge amount to do in Reservoir Dogs. But then when I watched that for the first time, I was like, 
yeah, he's suitably creepy to me. <laughs> yes. You know, and it works. And But they play in this new guy as a different kind of creepy to that one. Because Tarantino's yeah. one was, he was just like a weird rapist. He's played yeah. a rapist Murder. in two movies. Murderer. <laughs> rapist number one. Yeah. I think it was the title in that one. In uh, in Planet Terror, which yep. Robert Rodriguez. Uh, so oh, so that's it. Robert Rodriguez likes to cast him as a rapist. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> He's like, if you're in my movie, you're a rapist. Or so, he says, if I can be, I'll be in your movie. If I can be horrible, <laughs> wretched sex offender. So that's from Dust Till Dawn, the TV show. You can catch it on the El Rey Network. Uh, and if you live outside of the United States, it's actually on Netflix because it's a Netflix exclusive everywhere but the states. So um, that is my stuff for this week. Sid Tor, what's for dinner? Hy-Vee pizza, vegetables, and cheesecake. And so, for some reason, you're very picky about cheesecake. You always say, did you like that? And I'm like, well, yes. Uh, it's cheesecake. And you're like, what's wrong with it? That cheesecake we had yesterday? Yeah. I think the crumb base is not got enough butter in it to stick it all together. It's too crumbly. Oh, it doesn't matter. No. No, you use the creamy stuff to stick no, it all I'm very, together. I'm, no, <laughs> yes. I'm very... Uh, I, I, if I make that stuff, I like it to all be I stuck together. I think that most of the females in the audience, and there are many, I'm sure, will have to back I mean, me you didn't this. make this. I'm not slagging off your cheesecake. It's yeah, I wouldn't care if you are. Cheesecake. But um, that the, uh, the crumb isn't really the point. No, it's... it's the creamy you stuff. You know what? Uh, no. Yeah, but you're a dude. I'm saying the women. I don't understand. like the creamy stuff that much. Right. But the crumb, I love it. That's like insanity. Anything creamy and sweet and cheesecakey. I mean, I like the cheese, but not cream. Whipped I cream, can eat I can do without that. The cream cheese filling, whipped cream, whatever's in it, out of a bowl by itself for hours. But this happens to have crust. It's delicious. Anyway, that's what's for supper. And my advice is I'm going to pull a little bit of something. It's not really advice, but it was just funny because this dude that I, he's younger than me, four or five years, the brother of someone that I graduated from high school with, good one of our good group of friends that we were close to. And this dude was always the younger. He was the little brother. They weren't raised, you know, they were, it was kind of like wild child, you know, didn't have a lot of supervisions, had a lot of ups and downs in his life. And recently, from the sound of it, he broke up with his what was a very new girlfriend or they broke up or whatever, you know, and he doesn't, he just posts the basic stuff on Facebook still, you know, funny pictures and whatnot. But today I said to him, do you know how profound that was what you just said? And he's like, no, LOL. You know, of course not. But he said, I had a sentence before, but then it says, I want to laugh, not cry over who ate the last Dorito in the bag. And I said, do you, do you know how profound that is? No. But you think about it. It's a big choice in life, isn't it? That you choose to not let things get you down on the smallest scale. You reach in the bag and the last Dorito's gone. You could be like, fuck. Who ate? <laughs> you could be like, of course I didn't get the last Dorito. Or you could be like, whatever. I'll go get some more Doritos. I would be whatever. <laughs> right? <laughs> you would. <laughs> but not everybody is, you see. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. You could find some philosophy there. You know? Facebook. She the philosopher's <laughs> friend. She who laughs when the last Dorito is eaten will not cry. So something like that. You could turn into something very profound, but that's it. I said, I guess my advice could be laugh about the last Dorito being gone. Not Don't cry about it. That's and it. Don't that's cry it. over spilt milk. <laughs> Is that? Is that? I don't know. That, that's one. I don't know what that means, but I wouldn't cry over spilled milk either. I mean, well, you... come on. If if I spilled my cup of tea over on your desk, you'd be all. If you spilled about it in it. my computer, I would cry. Right, but then I could say, uh, "Don't <laughs> cry over spilled tea, big baby." Huh? <laughs> it's just a keyboard. And then I'd say, "What are you? Three years old?" <laughs> that's life. Life is life. We get you a new keyboard. All right, so I want to remind you about our website, ascoli.com, sidtor.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. We leave lots of profound comments on there. I post... Well, Facebook is misleading because they're not going to find us and be our friends. But after the show has its own page. Yeah. And uh, you can also catch this podcast on the... uh, Just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe to everything there. That would include iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, Stitcher.com. You can email feedback to me at ascoli.com. Don't email SidTalk, because... Are we not on audible.com? Seems like everything else is on audible.com. No. No, this isn't a book, I guess. No. (laughs) 
If we were a book, we'd be on audible.com. Uh, and stay let's classy. Try, let's type up the transcription. Let's transcribe every show. Put it into an ebook. Da da. We're on audio. You can get to that <laughs> if you want. And uh, stay classy, Mr. Christian Bale's hair in this movie. <laughs> classy. I'm not sure. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, you know what? I'd be happy to do it for you. <laughs>